Hey, Kate. Yeah? Do we give legal advice on this podcast? Oh, gosh, no. Hostile work environment. Exactly. Hey, inappropriate workplace topic. Hostile work environment. I'm the human resources director. Little Miss Hostile Work Environment. Hello, and welcome to the Hostile Work Environment. My name is Mark Alifans. I'm here, as always, with my wonderful Minnesota co-host, Kate Bischoff. <laughs> Kate, is it snowy there? It is not snowy. We're going to be dreaming of a white Christmas because we've had no snow for several weeks now, and the lakes are just about ready to start walking on, so it's perfect ice skating weather, but no snow. All right. Well, at least you get some ice skating and that'd be cool. I wish there were, I wish there were places I could just go do that on lakes out here, but it, nothing freezes here. So is it, have you seen the sun at all lately? No, uh, maybe okay. a few days ago it was out for a few hours, but I, I mean, looking out the window right now, it is pouring out right now. And that is just kind of, you know, here it's like, if it's like a light drizzle, it's like, Oh, it's a really nice day. Like, let's go for a walk oh. this time of year, this time of year, rest of the year, you know, summer is just awesome. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, so we have a special thing yes. planned for this episode. We have a guest. We do. And it's a guest that you should all be familiar with if you're listeners of this podcast. Uh, we want to welcome back to the podcast our friend John Hyman from Myers Roman Law Firm in Cleveland, Ohio. John, hey how are you? I am doing COVIDly fantastic. It's, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. <laughs> That's an excellent modifier to your Yeah, your it's it's on a scale of one to ten. If ten is like in the real world, I'm like or pre-COVID, I'm like awesome, then a COVID ten or a uh yeah, COVID ten would be like a real world three. I don't know. But <laughs> we're surviving. I mean like yes, healthy 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 and employed. So that's you know, that's the best you can best you can hope for these days. So Right. And have food. I mean, I know that your daughter is raising money, that which is awesome. And have food. Yeah, she's playing a benefit concert uh, a week from Sunday um, from a local music fest that, that, that they do these month this, this monthly virtual concert series where they go and they um, raise money for a different charity. And this uh, this month they're raising it for uh, the Hunger Network, which is a local uh, a local food pantry. So uh, Facebook.com slash Nora Marie Music for anybody who wants to see some live music um, since we can't what i miss the most right is being able to go see live music so for anybody who wants live music that's at least one way to do it from the covid safety of your home and and i will vouch for this she is incredible she's really Mm -hmm. talented and i enjoy seeing all of john's posts uh i will pass that on i'm not gonna let i won't be letting her listen to this because we gotta you know we gotta keep the the 14 year old ego we need to keep in check sure 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 (laughs) but just just let her know she's got a fan in portland that that, i will let her know that's good enough So if if you've listened to the podcast, uh, you know that a couple of years ago, the last time we did this, John compiles through the course of the year, a list of the worst employers of the year. And he always puts it up for a very entertaining and very difficult to choose vote at the end of the year on his website. And we thought it would be a lot of fun uh, to have John on today to walk through this year's nominees or finalists for worst employer of the year and bonus 
there's two <laughs> contests this year. There's just like your regular crappy employer contest. And then there's also like the very specific COVID bad employer contest. Uh, so, uh, John, I think uh, we talked about this. You'll, you're going to walk us through some of the nominees. We will joke and laugh about them. And then we will direct listeners to the website to go and place their own votes. Yeah, it felt not right just to have one vote this year since as the year went on, I was able to compile some like truly awful employers, but then some truly awful employers who did some awful like COVID related stuff. And how do you compare, you know, the employer that uh, locks someone they've human trafficked into a closet versus, you know, against the <laughs> against uh, which is actually happened, uh, allegedly happened. And we'll hear about that, you know, to the you know, to the employer that takes wagers on which of their employees are going to get COVID. And I don't know how you weigh any of these against the other. I mean, a lot of the comments I've seen online is like, man, this is also awful. How do I vote? And, and um, mm -hmm. you know, but it just made sense to break it down into a, 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 re a, regular, a regular category of awfulness and a COVID category of awfulness. And, yeah. and my favorite part about it is that we get to rank choices. Like, it's not just you pick one. You get to put them on the scale. So you don't have to feel bad about picking one like, oh, this one's really bad. Oh, this one's really bad. You get to like set it next to each other so that at least yeah, you feel like they're, they're better, right? It's so hard just to pick one and say this is like the worst. <laughs> so we can say this is like the worst, but this one is like the second worst, but just but still awful. And then the third worst right. because they're all, I mean, they all deserve a trophy to the extent there's trophies. <laughs> I mean, they, they all deserve, you know, a big old steaming pile of poo delivered in a fling bag on their doorstep. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. So let's go through them. What category do you want to start with, John? Um, let's start let's start with the COVID category. And okay. then we will we'll go on we'll go on to the regular category from there. And so five categories in each. There was more than ten nominees over the course of the year, but I broke it down. I picked I I, I made an editorial decision to pick what I thought were the five worst in each, and that's who that's who I put up for the voting. And so we'll just run through um, each one of them, and we'll, Quick, I guess we'll do out. it. Good. Is there 126 Republicans in Congress who are going to take this issue to the Supreme Court since you did cut the list? Uh, yes. Yes, there will <laughs> that be. That is a risk. Okay. Always a risk. I just want to make sure. Always that's, a risk. That's going to happen. Um, it, is, it is possible that they will do that. They will scream fraud. I mean, I, I I'm, <laughs> I, I, the, the polls are going to close sometime, I think, next Wednesday. The polls close. We then, have, you know, we have to get the results certified and go to the Electoral College. And a lot can happen between then and when I actually announce the winner. So we'll, you know, we'll see what okay. happens. But we'll, um, okay. we'll run through these in, uh, we'll run through, the, run through these in chronological order of nomination. So okay. the first, the first COVID nominee, and my favorite part of doing these is, is giving them the catchy names that I give them over the, as I'm writing these up. And so. The first nominee I have called the working mom sacker. Uh, I found this nominee on Instagram. It's a, a, a mom who got fired from her job. And then uh, she's on Instagram under modern Cali mom, uh, all one word. And she uh, wrote a post on Instagram that went viral. I think to date it's close to 20,000 likes her Instagram post. Oh about how she, Yeah, about how she got fired from her job. Uh, because her, she was working from home, had been working from home during COVID. Um, and she has a single mom. She has a one-year-old and a four-year-old that she takes care of during the day. 
Um, she says that her male boss uh, purposely schedules meetings when she or purposely schedule meetings um, when the boss knew that her kids were not going to be napping. Um, purposely, you know, made comments about her, you know, prioritizing her kids over her job. But then what what she said was the coup de grace that led to her termination was during a, a Zoom meeting with a client uh, that her boss was on. Uh, her one-year-old was crying in the background, and her four-year-old came up to her and asked her for a glass of milk or a drink or something um, and interrupted the meeting. And that was like the last straw for the supervisor who then fired her saying that, um, you know, you're too distracted, you're not prioritizing your work. Um, she says, look, no client ever took any issue with like my kids being in the background. I mean, I can almost guarantee at some point on this call, I'd be shocked if one of my dogs didn't bark in the background. I mean, it happens. You're all working <laughs> from home, right? right. So um, anyway, so she wrote this Instagram post about how she um, about how she was fired. She said they offered her a settlement not to sue. She basically said, screw that. I'm not taking your hush money. And she filed a lawsuit and wrote this post that has gone viral and uh, primarily because of the comments the boss made and um, the like, who doesn't have sympathy for a working mom who's got a one-year-old crying in the background and a, and a kid asking for something to drink and then getting fired right on the heels of that. That's why this employer right. earned its nomination as the worst employer. Yeah. Especially when there's like 1.2 million mothers who've left the workplace because of this at this time. So yeah, this one's real bad. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. All right, that's number one. Let's go on. To, and um, and everyone, your your listeners are going to be like, "Wow, I can't believe that's like that's the worst." And then it goes on, and it gets and it gets worse. and it gets worse from there. So the second one, um, I called it's Corona after all because the nominee is Disney World, um, okay, who had uh, at least the Daily Beast reported that a number of employees at Disney World were complaining that they were being forced to work alongside employees who were COVID positive that were being forced to return to work before their CDC recommended isolation periods had ended. Um, and, uh, and on top of that, were not being told which of their, which of their coworkers were sick and which weren't, they would get noticed that like somebody is sick, somebody tested positive. They had no idea who they were. They weren't being given any information, whether they were exposed, people were being told to return to work. Um, before their 10-day isolation period. I think at the time this happened, it was a 14-day 14 14 isolation period. It ended. Um, the, the, the quote that caught my attention in the Daily Beast was uh, one of the Disney whistleblowers' wife's quote she gave to the, Daily Beast, to the Daily Beast was, no one needs to ride Dumbo during a plague. And that just really <laughs> kind really of struck me. Um, but mm -hmm. by the same token, like I think employers, while the ADA protects the confidentiality of like who's tested positive, uh, the, their mm -hmm. identity, like you still have a right to know that you are potentially working with someone who tested positive or who, or yeah. has been exposed and to like to, to force people to return to work under threat of losing their job. Um, if they're positive for COVID, I think is a, is a very worthy nominee is the worst. Employer. Not the happiest yeah. place on earth. Not no. the happy. Well, Disney World is not the happiest place on Earth. Disney World is the most magical place on Earth. Disneyland, which I think is still closed, is the happiest place on Earth. Oh, is I didn't realize there was a difference in, <laughs> in slogan between the yeah, two Disney's. Yeah, Disney World yeah. is magical. Disneyland is happy. Uh, apparently, oh. unless you're, unless you're working there, in which case you just you're miserable because you don't know who has COVID. On the plus side, though, I read that uh, Disney's coming out with a new character called COVID Cat. 
to kind of join Mickey and his band. Is that where so, you, is that where you, is that's, that, is, that's is the that, flip side of this, you know? Is that where you ride around ah. in a circle and like on every pass you get a giant swab shoved up your nose? Right, like you're chasing your own tail, your your, yeah. your own swab tail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the New York Times had a great big article about Disney World this week, at least, about how you know they've laid off someone who's been there. 14 years and she thought Disney was her American dream and because of COVID not necessarily because of Disney World because it's the con- economic conditions because of COVID that are leading to this but it's like it's just devastating that's it yeah just terrible all right are, are we ready for the next level of awfulness yes bring it on yes <laughs> um, I'll take a Xanax later the next <laughs> the next nominee is a is a um uh, a New Hampshire HR manager. Uh, well, she's not the nominee. She's the reason the, nom- the, the her company is being nominated. Is being nominated. She was fired for quote exaggerating the China virus, or that's what she alleges in her <gasps> lawsuit. She um, had two employees early on in the pandemic who uh, pleasure traveled, one to China and one to Malaysia, before travel was shut down. Um, they came back from their trips. Um, she requested that they quarantine for 14 days. She didn't want them coming back into the workplace um, as, she, as correctly. Um, and her employer, Freudenberg NOK Ceiling Technologies, Inc., a German company located uh, in New Hampshire, um, fired her. And she claims that senior company officials told her she was being fired for exaggerating the, quote, China virus. Um, yeah. So, Mm-mm. I mean, Mm-mm. yeah, so a couple of, uh, I mean, a couple of glaring things stick out. Number one, right, she's trying to protect her, protect her employees and frankly, keep the business open by having people that travel quarantine mm-hmm. as well she should. Um, but then just the xenophobia of senior management referring, referring to it as a China virus and who doesn't wince every time you hear a certain somebody call, uh, call COVID the China virus, right? So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. so she so did the right thing. Worthy, she absolutely she did. did the right thing. She did. Um, uh, she did the, she did the right thing. Um, and, and I, I should add that these are right. These are allegations that are being made in lawsuits. Mm-hmm. Nothing has been proven in court, but the allegations are, uh, for the reasons we discussed sufficiently awful. So, um, so with that, Kate, we're going to turn to what I know is your, uh, both pet project and your favorite <laughs> nominee. <laughs> Uh, which is sure society, (laughs) the society for human resources, uh, management, um, uh, uh, which I have, uh, deemed for purposes of this year's nominations, the whistleblower whacker for, for reasons that'll become (laughs) evident in a second. Yeah. So, you know. We all know, and anyone who's listening, I assume knows who Sherm is, right? They hold themselves out as the foremost quote, expert, conveyor, and thought leader on issues impacting today's evolving workplaces, except maybe, apparently, I know Kate has a lot of thoughts on that, but maybe also apparently <laughs> as it relates to COVID, um, they have, uh, they had an employee, a, a, a director level employee who uh, says, she says she had a, a, a glowing history of performance reviews, promotions up to a director level position. Um, she says that Sherm expressed, started criticizing her performance and expressing concern about her when she in May gave feedback about its proposal to return all employees to a physical 
workplace instead of uh, work from home, which they had been since the pandemic started um, back in back in March. She personally expressed concern about infecting her two daughters by returning to the workplace and intermingling with other uh, of her uh, Sherm coworkers, and she requested that she be allowed to continue working remotely um, uh, until returning to work is uh, deemed to be uh, deemed to be more safe, given the metrics in the in the virus, what the case count looked like, uh, looked like, and whatever. Um, Two weeks after she had these conversations and expressed concern, um, she, along with three other employees who had expressed similar concerns, uh, two of which who had pre-existing medical conditions, um, were fired by Sherm from their positions. Uh, she then went and filed a whistleblower complaint with OSHA. Um, and according to her complaint, uh, Sherm CEO Johnny Taylor, uh, following her complaint, um, held a conference call during which she outlined plans to outsource job functions in departments in which employees had expressed resistance to returning to work in person, and further alleges that he uh, bragged that he had spoken to his good buddy, Labor Secretary Eugene Scalia, um, and that after that conversation, an OSHA representative contacted uh, this employee, this, this complainant, to implore her to withdraw her complaint with OSHA. So there you go. Physician Heal Thyself, the Society for Human Resources Management, doing all sorts of things that no employer should be doing, I think, during a pandemic um, or otherwise. But I think um, I got an interesting conversation you know, on LinkedIn yesterday with someone as to whether Sherm should be judged more harshly um, as for their, for their conduct here because of who they are and what they're supposed to stand for. And do they do they earn bonus points because they're Sherm, or do you take the fact that, that they're Sherm out of the equation? And I don't know how you do take that fact out of the equation because they're nope. supposed to be. That's an easy one. To, I mean, yes. supposed, it's yeah, right. It's like when the it's like when the <laughs> alcohol counselor gets in the drunk driving accident, right? I mean, it's right, it, right. Yeah, they are. I mean, they're supposed to be advocating for employees to be taking a position consistent with, like, these are best HR practices, and everything they've done here is the worst possible HR practice imaginable. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yes, I have many thoughts. I absolutely think they need to be held to a different standard because they are representing the HR profession. Uh, also, I know the individual involved here. I've had conversations with her um, um, amongst other of her colleagues surrounding this particular issue and others that have been going on with Sherm over the past six, nine months. And it is clear to me that Sherm is not going to get the same kind of damages or liability that the others in this group are going to get. Um, this individual was able to find a really good job right, right away. So there's hardly any economic damages. And so the likelihood that there's going to be some sort of punitive action towards SHRM is very low. So to the extent that we can say, SHRM, WTF, what were you doing here? You're supposed to be the best of us and look at how badly you handled this situation. So I have outright solicited people to rank SHRM number one here for that exact. <laughs> and as of this moment, that LinkedIn post has 31,000 views, so. Ah, you're kicking my you're you're kicking my butt, Kate. You're kicking my butt. <laughs> um, <laughs> Only because it's super controversial, but stuff. no, I know. Okay, which brings mm -hmm. us to our to our final nominee in the COVID category, which I call the bad better. 
uh, which is better known as Tyson oh. Foods, which, yeah, which is, and the allegations here, it's like peeling back an onion or peeling back a rotten onion, because every time you think you've, you've heard the worst, it just keeps getting worse and worse. Peeling um, back a chicken nugget. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I eat so much um, chicken. Yeah, well, man, uh, so... Yeah. Um, this is actually at a, and I think at a pork processing plant in, uh, in, uh, Waterloo, Iowa, which the, um, with the, the, the Waterloo, uh, Iowa sheriff, when he went into the plant back in April, um, he, his quoted as saying that the working conditions he saw inside quote, shook him to the core. Um, people there were, the, the employees were dropping like flies from COVID and in the midst of this outbreak. Of COVID, which ultimately sickened more than a thousand employees, which was over a third of the total workforce at this plant, and 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 resulted in five deaths. Um, the plant manager organized a cash buy-in, winner-take-all betting pool for the supervisors and managers to wager on how many employees would ultimately test positive for COVID nineteen. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it, it kind of leaves you speechless, um, particularly when you then learn kind of what the working conditions inside the plant were, which is people crammed on top of each other um, without any personal protective equipment or any other kind of COVID-recommended workplace safety measures. Um, you have allegations of upper-level management directing employees and supervisors to ignore COVID-19 symptoms and keep working anyway, not to get COVID tests, so they wouldn't have a reason not to come to work. Um, and for supervisors um, being told to uh, deny the existence of any confirmed cases of COVID within the facility. And then on top of that, you had uh, the company paying out uh, cash bonuses for perfect attendance. So you're in, they're, they're incentivizing oh sick employees to keep coming to work. Um, and the coup de grace is at least is alleged that while all this was going on, um, senior management absolutely refused to even set foot on the plant floor for fear of contracting the virus. Oh my gosh. Um, and, uh, their executives were working with their buddies in the Iowa legislature, um, to get, um, uh, COVID-related liability protections enacted into law. So it is kind of the perfect storm of of awfulness. Um, but the betting pool, uh, to me, is just like when so, you're when you're betting on which of your employees are going to get sick from a pandemic and they're like dying on your watch. Like, it's, yeah. I mean, they nope. didn't get March Madness this year, right? So no, I guess <laughs> no, no March, no March Madness. But yeah, not the right thing to replace March Madness with. I'm no. I'm gonna say no. No, no, no. Yeah. So that concludes our COVID portion of the does anybody get a, tr- <laughs> a, a drink? A lobotomy. Yeah, a, yeah, mm-hmm. a drink, you know, a, a, some... a, a pot gummy or something to cleanse the palate before we move on to the You're hitting close to home there, John. Um it would like some disinfectant would be good. Like mm-hmm. maybe yeah. like So we can like we can like shake it out for a second before we move on to the, the overall <laughs> The Fortunately, we have worst. our hand sanitizer. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, I, and I will say, in the COVID category, the betting, or the betting, the, the, the voting is really close. There's three of the five that are running, and there's, I think, close to 1,000 votes so far, and they're running almost, almost neck and neck, three of the five. In the, the non-COVID, the overall, like, regular old crappy employer category, uh, there is one that is, like, 
far far and above like gonna win hands down um but everyone should go vote regardless right it's not yeah, too don't late. tell us what it in. is don't tell us uh, no what and it is. actually i'm not reveal i'm not gonna reveal what it is so but we're gonna i'm gonna again run through them in chronological order um the first one i've called the repeat repeat offender it's a new jersey electrical con a contractor that's accused of sexually harassing um a 23 year old female employee um uh, the allegations that she says she was subjected to included comments about her hot body. The this is the um, uh, the owner of the company grabbing his crotch while making lewd faces at her and asking her about her sexual preferences, sending her uh, a text message of a link to a porn video um, and some pornographic uh, some pornographic gifts after she broke up with her boyfriend. Um, but that's not why I nominated this employer for worst employer. All that's going on. But while she's making all of these allegations, the company is already involved in pretty nasty sexual harassment litigation um, brought by another employee accusing the same person of other awful sexual harassment, including flashing his penis at her and leaving a dildo on her desk. And there's even another lawsuit before that in which the same person is accused of doing even, you know, similarly crude things. And so I think if you're going to, um, you know, like grab your crotch and uh, while you're making lewd faces at someone and send her porn to her, you know, to her phone while you're being sued for, um, you know, leaving a dildo on someone's desk, I think that I think you're pretty clear that you are um, worthy of worthy of a nomination. Ugh. Yes. Oh, not good. That is worthy of a nomination. Holy moly! Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and 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 we continue. Um, <laughs> the next I've called the Peking Duck Purveyor. Again, I love I love making these names. Um, this is this is this this is close to home for you, Mark. This is a Medford, Oregon Chinese restaurant. Um, okay, about about uh, four hour drive south of here, right near the uh, not too far from the California border. Okay. Um, the, uh, it's, uh, night shift manager is accused of repeatedly sexually harassing young female employees, um, including, um, repeatedly, uh, making sexual comments, sexual innuendos, um, uh, and other sex-based comments to female employees, repeatedly touching female employees, back, shoulders, waist, hips, crotch area, buttocks, rubbing up against them. Touching, no. female, touching female employees' breasts, um, asking a 15-year-old female employee to send him naked photos of herself. Um, but that's, again, that's, that's not why this, as awful as that sounds, that's not what got this, this company nominated. What got them nominated was that even after that manager was arrested at work and booked for sexual abuse of the restaurant's minor employees, um, he was permitted to return to work by the restaurant's owners. <gasps> yeah. Uh, and um, not only that, but when the female employees complained that this guy was allowed to return to work amidst all these allegations, um, uh, it was the complaining employees who were fired, not this particular um, accused manager. So there we I, go. I hope. I hope Medford, Oregon has some rules where if you break so many violations that you lose your license to operate and that that is one of the consequences for this particular place. I mean, Simply I've, I've because been of the Medford. negligent rehire. I've been to Medford. I'm going to guess no on that. But. <laughs> yeah, what is, um, what's Medford like? What kind of town are we looking at? 
Um, it's it's kind of I don't I don't really know what their biggest industries are. I mean, it's a lot of agricultural. It's down. It's pretty rural area. Uh, and actually, there's a burgeoning kind of wine wine uh, area down there. So a lot of Pinot Noir grapes. Uh, so when I've been down there, a lot of it's because you know I'm snooty wino. Uh, I've been down there for for some <laughs> wine tasting and finding finding new wineries to go to. Uh, it's also not too far from Ashland, which you might have heard of, uh, which is uh, where there's a Shakespeare festival every summer, and it's a super cute uh, little town that's maybe 10 minutes down the road from Medford. That area doesn't sound snooty at all, wine and Shakespeare festivals. Exactly, well, that's what well, I was thinking. But there's a big difference between Ashland, which would be like snooty, you know, uh, kind of town, whereas Medford's going to be much more blue collar. Okay, okay, so John and I are going to represent the Midwest and go, that's still snooty. Possibly. I, I, I would agree. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, would agree, I would agree 100%. Okay, sorry for the dog in the back. I told you, if we were on long enough, the dog would bark in the background. Oh, it's okay. Do? Well, I, you, I don't know if you heard my laundry going and chiming in the background. Hopefully it's not coming through, but <laughs> that, it's that loud not. to me. Okay. <laughs> All right, so on to number three that I've dubbed the arresting retaliator. Um, uh, this, this, case, uh, this case involves an African-American employee who, claiming, who claimed he suffered um, rampant racial discrimination at the towing company um, at which he worked. And again, it, that's not the reason why this particular mm -hmm. employer was nominated. Um, it's because after he complained to his boss about the discrimination and harassment that he suffered, um, he says that the local police department began um, investigating him. Um, uh, he says that the owner of the company contacted his buddy, the local police chief, and persuaded him to look into allegations that this employee had stolen from the company. Um, the employee says that this is in his lawsuit, says this is absolutely not true. They were made up allegations that never stole anything. Um, but regardless, um, the, uh, uh, the local police department um, installed audio and video surveillance to watch this employee while he was at work uh, without a warrant or probable cause, he says, um, did not reveal any evidence whatsoever that he had stolen. Um, but nevertheless, based on the false allegations made by his boss, who he had, he, who he had accused of racial harassment that he had, um, he was uh, arrested um, uh, for this theft that never happened. So um, to me, like if you call in a friendly favor from your local police chief to uh, have one of your employees arrested on false trumped up charges after he accuses you of uh, discrimination and harassment, it seems to me that makes you worthy of a nomination for the worst employer of the year. Absolutely. Absolutely. No argument Especially for me. in yeah. these times. So. Yeah. Um, and the, uh, and the awfulness, um, <laughs> and the awfulness um, continues. Yeah, so I, this one I, I called the uncaring chief. This um, is uh, a mother who accuses her Salt Lake City-based employer for firing her once they learned that her son uh, was diagnosed with cancer. Um, she worked for this particular employer for 13 years. Um, she worked <clears throat> remotely uh, uh, from Virginia. Um, uh, for the uh, for the totality of her employment, she said everything worked great until her ten year old son was diagnosed with leukemia. Um, she took some time off, went back to work, um, 
And it was at that point that she says her job changed. Um, her boss started saying, look, we all understand that you just can't realistically work remotely while your son has cancer. Um, uh, uh, she says that um, uh, uh, she, um, her boss told her, um, look, you know, we, I think we understand that you can't perform, you know, you can't perform your job um, while you're taking care of your son um, and actually went to the hospital. Uh, to meet her in the hospital lobby where her son was, uh, where her son was um, uh, undergoing cancer treatments, met her in the lobby and fired her um, in the lobby uh, uh, from this job she had for 13 years. Um, and what, <laughs> what really got me is when she went back up to the hospital room after she was fired, um, explained what had happened to her son who was undergoing treatments. The son, she says, her ton son turned to her and said, I'm sorry I had cancer because it made you lose your job. Like, how freaking awful is that? Horrendous. Yeah. There is a pinpoint of a heart in that individual firing someone in the lobby of a hospital. Yeah. Horrendous. Yeah, and the kid, like, geez, Mom, I'm sorry I got cancer and you lost your job. I mean, Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Holy moly. Yeah. <laughs> Just All right. Uh, which brings us, to our, brings us to our last nominee, um, the horrific human traffickers. And I will say this is not the first time we've had a human trafficker nominated and we've had a human trafficker win, um, win in the past. Um, this is a Gilroy, California couple who have been charged with human trafficking after forcing a man, uh, to work 15 hour shifts, seven days a week for no pay at their liquor store and, uh, and allegedly locking him inside the store overnight. Um, he says he slept in a storage room and bathed in a mop bucket. Um, uh, he says he flew from India back in 2019 um, uh, uh, and uh, came here specifically for that job. Um, he says when he got here, the couple um, took his money and his passport and put, it, put him to work without pay uh, or a key to leave the store at night, instead locking him inside and again leaving him the storage closet to sleep in and the mop bucket to bathe in. Um, they are now, uh, they've been arrested on human trafficking charges and are, and are awaiting, um, trial, um, on those charges. So mm -mm. Mm. No. that nope. closes out, that closes no. out our nominees. That, that really, it takes away uh -huh. any real opportunity to make the jokes I like to make about these employers. Cause there's just nothing, nothing funny yeah, about any of funny, that. I mean, there's I, nothing I, funny about most of these, but at least I can mock them. This one, I just, that's appalling. I, they were arrested, right? I think they, they were arrested for this. They were arrested, yeah. and they're and they're sta they're awaiting trial, and and hopefully they, the the winner last year was a similar story, and he was sentenced mm -hmm. to ten years in prison. Good for, um, yeah, for locking someone in a closet in a store, whipping him. Uh, and that individual had learning disabilities, right? Like that was, that individual did have learning disabilities, yeah. Ugh. But again, I mean, take, taking advantage of the less fortunate. I mean, immigrants, the learning, you know, people with disabilities, whatever. It's, it's, if you look back over, uh, this is the fourth year I've done this, and, and there is a theme that runs through the winners or, as I, or the losers, depending on your perspective, which is that they <laughs> tend to be um, stories of power disparity. I mean, there's always power disparity in the, in the employment relationship, but, but it's where the employer is really 
taking advantage of someone that is that is much less fortunate and they they tend to be the ones that stand out and um and tend to win or lose depending on your perspective right right oh so bad john uh, yes. thank you for thank you for pulling together all of these stories uh annually I, I have a i have a quick question for you so when people just read the news are they sending you horrific stories now they like are if, if you got into a pattern i i do get via email i get them on twitter i get them on linkedin um i get them through my facebook page i do get like here's a worst employer for you um and usually <laughs> when i get Usually when I get the same story sent to me by like four or five people, like I know, like I know I have a really good one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Well, thank you for being the repository of awfulness. I, I do what I can. <laughs> John, how, um, how can our listeners vote uh, in the survey in the final vote here? Uh, they can go to ohioemployerlawblog.com or coronaviruslaw.blog. They take you to the same place. Um, and at the top, there is a header with a link right to the survey. Um, as Kate pointed out, it is a ranked survey this year. So I'm asking that you rank them one uh, worst to five uh, least worst, because we can't say best for any of these, no, right? No, so no, it's no, one, one no. worst, five least worst. And then Microsoft Forms will do the magic computation adding up the ones through fives and then give me uh, the absolute uh, worst. Voting will stay open through 11.59 p.m. on Wednesday, the 16th of December. And then at some point uh, before the holiday to spread some Christmas cheer, I will be at the, at the blog to announce the winner. <laughs> That's okay. awesome. And, I've yet and... to have, I, in, I, in three years, I've yet to have someone claim their trophy. So I'm, hope, I'm hoping... I'm hoping this, this is the year I know I'm hoping this is the year that someone emails me and says, how do I get my trophy? I want to display my, you know what, John, if Sherm wins the COVID one, I'll pay for the shipping. That I, you, you got a deal. Okay. <laughs> well, that's, that's, we can awesome. personal. Can, can we personal, should we personalize it with Johnny Taylor's name in that case? Oh yeah. And then we have to use the whole name, Johnny mm. C. Taylor Jr. You have to use the whole name. Mm -hmm. You know, he doesn't get recognized any other way. So, we might need to yeah. get a bigger trophy to make sure it all fits on, but yeah, we'll be. <laughs> yes, mm -hmm. for sure. We, we support this. <laughs> Beautiful. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, so uh, you guys got a couple more minutes? Yeah. Uh, I have a few. All right. Uh, I figured this is a tough act to follow, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try anyway here. So, uh, cause we weren't sure how long that was going to go. I, I got a, um, I got another, am I the asshole for you all? Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm going to read this and we can talk about it. And just a warning for anyone listening this, not that, not that the content's been like, you know, after human trafficking, <laughs> that, you know, that ship has so long there, sailed, my friends. Right, there is, there is some <laughs> profanity here, and in fact, the entire thing is about profanity, sort of. Sweet. So, this is, am I the asshole for demanding my colleagues use my offensive name? Is his last name Hyman or something? That, oh, seriously? Oh, burn. <laughs> seriously? Sorry, it was right there. <laughs> yeah, I know who's getting the trophy next year. Thrive HR no Law Consulting. <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> Sorry. So, 
I work for an international company with many different nationalities. Recently, I have been assigned to a mainly American team, which means I have to work weird hours due to time zones, but I'm a single guy with no kids, so I can work around that. I live, work in Germany, and prior to this team, I only used English in writing and spoke German with, ev with everyone. We had a couple of virtual meetings, and I noticed some of the Americans mispronouncing my name. They called me Mr. Birch. So I corrected them. My surname is Bitch. <laughs> this is B-I-C, and mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a Czech name, and I don't know the name. So it's a C, and it's not it's not a carrot top on top that does that call it a circumflex. It's a upside. It's like a U on top. I don't know what we call that symbol, okay. but it makes the C into a ch sound. So, uh, and it's a Czech noun meaning a whip, and it happens to be pronounced uh, just of course like it does. It, right. <laughs> happens to be pronounced just like bitch. My name is not English and doesn't have English meaning. Well, it turns out the Americans felt extremely awkward about calling me Mr. Bitch. And using first names okay. is not a norm here. Let, let's just say, I applaud the Americans for being uncomfortable about it. That is a good sign. Stepping back. Continue. We'll, continue. We'll going. <laughs> using first names is not a norm here. HR got in touch with me, and I just stated that I don't see a problem with my name, and I don't feel insulted by being called Mr. Bitch. I mean, the German word for customer sounds like the C word in Czech. It's just how it is. Well, apparently the American group I'm working with is demanding a different representative. Uh, they also work from home and feel uncomfortable saying curse words, my name, in front of their families. But due to the time zone issues, the German office is having problems finding a replacement for me. Nobody wants to work a 2 a.m. to 7 a.m. shift from home. Which, hey, if I could get a five-hour-a-day job, oh, I'm, I'm down. In. I'm down. I love it. Yeah. Um, you know, so management approached me asking to just accept being called Mr. Birch. But honestly, I'm a bit offended. A coworker even suggested Here. that I have grounds for a discrimination complaint. Am I the asshole for refusing to answer to a different name? That's the original post, but now he's added four postscripts to the post. So I'm going to read those. Edit due to a common question. Using first names is not our company policy due to different cultural customs. For many, me included, using first names with very distant coworkers is not comfortable, and the management ruled that using surnames and titles is much more suitable for professional environments. I am aware that using first names is common in the USA, but please mind that while the company is international, the U.S. office is just one of the branches. Edit 2. Many people are telling me to suck it up and change my name or the pronunciation because many American immigrants did that. So I just want to remind you, I am not an immigrant. I do not live <laughs> in the U.S., nor do I intend to. I deal with 10-ish Americans in video calls and a few dozen in email communication. Then I also deal with hundreds of others at my job. French, Indian, Japanese, Russian. I live in Germany, and I'm from the Czech Republic. I know this is a shock for some, but really, Americans are a minority in this story. Edit, <laughs> edit three. I deal with other teams as well. Everyone calls me Mr. Bitch. Having one single team call me by my first name, which is impolite, 
or by changing my name is troublesome because things like birch really do sound different. Someone mentioned beach, which still sounds odd, but it's better than birch. Right now, I have three options as last resort if they absolutely cannot speak my name and if German office doesn't reassign me. One, use beach. Two, use Mr. Representative. <laughs> Three, switch to German, which is our office's official language. Nobody has issues with bitch when speaking German. Yeah, the last option is kind of silly. I know for a fact that not everybody in the team speaks German, and we would still use English in writing. Edit four. Last edit. Dear Americans, I know you use first names in business and work environments. <laughs> Please, please, please understand that the rest of the world is not America. Simply using English for convenience sake does not mean we have to follow specific American customs. So, John, I, as the guest, I put it to you. Wait, is wait. our narrator the asshole? Or the all bitch, I can, all I could think of while you were talking was the old sweaty balls skit on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. No, he's, of course, no, he's not. No. And this is, I mean, this is, if you want to, like, analogize it to one of the hot, like, the hot topics of the day, it's like, it's like the whole pronoun debate. Like, if, if the people should be called what they want to be called, and you shouldn't have to substitute a name for just because it makes you uncomfortable to say. If his name is bitch, his name is bitch, and that's what he should go by. Mm -hmm. We're all adults get over it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I say it's a good sign that they're uncomfortable by it because it's a sign that they know that you shouldn't call people bitches. But if it's his actual name, grow up and that's what you call it. Right. Just suck it up. Just suck it up and <laughs> giggle about it when he's not on the when he's not on the call. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, or, uh, a, a thousand percent agree with all of that. The only thing where I want I would criticize him is, you know, he he is being very judgmental of people who are uncomfortable with his name, who feel that that is an impolite or rude thing to say, even if he's not offended. Uh, but, you know, he, he seems pretty unhappy with the concept of calling people by their first name, which he considers impolite. And I, I, there's a little bit of a double standard going on here uh, in terms of, of the flexibility, but he shouldn't have to be flexible in the first place. They should just call him by his name. So I, yeah. I fully agree, but I, I, I don't agree with everything he says there uh, for that reason. Yeah. But uh, no, he's not the asshole. And, and no. the workers, you know, the American workers, come on, guys, like grow up. <laughs> I have a, a quick story about this. In Zambia, the name Dorcas is relatively popular. And I had a lot of people apply for jobs at the embassy with the name Dorcas. And I was like, I, I just don't know if the Americans can handle this. I, I, I just don't think they can do, walk around calling somebody Dorcas. I, I just don't see it. Like, right? Back in because... my New Jersey days, uh, I had a case at my law firm, and one of the witnesses' name was Dorcas. And, mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, you handle it. You handle it professionally. But, oh, my God, I will not lie. We laughed a lot in the office. Yeah, and, mm -hmm. and, and it is and, what and it his... is. And as Kate has so nicely pointed out with the name Hyman, you just, you just get used to it. Right. <laughs> middle it, school. It is what it is. You. Yeah, middle school sucked. Yeah. That yeah, was a rough couple of years. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, if you meet a Dorcas and she has a brother named Dingus, please let us know. <laughs> and write it. 
on that note. <laughs> thank you John, all. Where can for, people find you? Yes, thank you all for um, joining us, John. Yes, they tell us. can. They can find me uh, at uh, my law firm, MyersRoman.com. They can find me at the Ohio Employer Law Blog, OhioEmployerLawBlog.com, which also now goes by uh, CoronavirusLaw.blog. They can find me. <laughs> On Twitter at John Hyman, J O N H Y M A N. They can find me on LinkedIn at Jonathan Hyman because John Hyman was taken when I signed up for LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> and they can just Google me. I mean, I don't hide. They can really, they Google no, John Hyman, employment yeah. lawyer. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm not. I don't hide. I'm not hard to find. Right. Right. What about you, Kate? Uh, K A T B I S C H. As a woman of German descent, I understand the bitch issue with the spelling of my last name. So I get it. Um, but you can also find me on LinkedIn. You can find me anywhere, really. How about you, Mark? As salad pants. Always, you can find me at Salad Pants on Twitter uh, and on uh, Mark Alifans on LinkedIn. And uh, I'm around. You can find me. You're already listening here. You probably know how to find me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but we still have to do that at the end. I don't know what our our production schedule is going to be. I'm going to release this a little early so that our listeners have an extra couple of days uh, to vote. Uh, in the worst employer of the year contests uh, before Wednesday. Uh, get your votes in before Wednesday at midnight. That's uh, Wednesday the 16th. Um, and then, uh, Kate, you and I haven't even talked about a production schedule here. We've got the holidays coming up. I don't know that we'll do an episode right in the middle of Christmas and New Year, so it might be we'll, we'll take a little hiatus and come back the first weekend of the new year uh, as I'm going away for the next three weeks and probably I'm not going to bring a mic with me. So. <laughs> Um, Sounds like a plan, Stan. All right. Thank you all for listening. And uh, we'll be back with you in the new year. 